1: What is going on, everybody? And welcome in to the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Uh, we're in as we record. At least you'll probably be listening to this later or any point leading up to college football season. But as we record, we are in that little week with the MLB All Star break and uh, one of the slower sports weeks of the year. So I think a lot of us are are kind of getting started. If you haven't already, in your your football research, uh, whether it be college or NFL. Um, and so for the occasion, as we did last year, um, we're going to dive in head first and uh, rip through some college football with the one and only Phil Steele. Uh, joined us last year, joining us again on Unreasonable Odds. Phil, how you doing?
2: I am doing great, Julian. How about yourself today?
1: I am fantastic, and I'm doing even better now that we're about to uh, talk a whole bunch of college football. As usual, Phil Steele's College Football Preview 2022, if you're watching on YouTube. I'm holding it up right now. You see the cover. I'm in here in the Northeast in Boston. So we got the Northeast cover. I know you have a million of them. Um, This is the college football Bible every year. Everybody gets it. Everybody reads through it. Um, You want to tell me, you know, something that kind of stands out to you about this year's magazine, Phil? Well,
2: the one thing that probably stood out to me is uh, we're finally up to about 120 of the 131 head coaches I talk to. Each year it gets a little bit bigger. Last year we were, I think, over 100 or 110, something like that. So now we've bumped it up to 120. And uh, that really helps me get my three deep and four deeps in line. We naturally have uh, every player on the roster listed in the magazine and uh, I, th- I think we have the most accurate two deeps and, and, of course, the most accurate magazine over the last 28 years. So it's it's the the thing that I find best about it is each team gets the same amount of coverage. We give it the same amount of coverage on Akron or Troy that we do in Alabama or Oklahoma. Two pages and all the information's on the exact same place, an exact page. In other words, if you want to know a score from three years ago, you can close your eyes and point to the part of the page it's at. Quick, easy reference, probably even quicker than using the Internet.
1: All right. There we go. Um, And you say, you know, same amount of coverage on each team. But guess what? I'm going to start with the team that gets all the coverage, that being Alabama, Um, the favorite once again to win it all. They lose the national championship game to Georgia last year after upsetting them as six seven point dogs in the SEC title game. Um, They bring back the Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback in in Bryce Young. They bring back a ferocious defense. Um, You know, they had to kind of replug in some of those skill position guys I would say if you're gonna if you're gonna create a concern about Alabama I would say maybe those skill position guys reloading could be it but um you know we look through the schedule every year they're they're right there at you know, like 11 win total basically are they gonna go undefeated or not they got that rematch at home in the revenge game against a and I think that's the closest point spread of the season but they lost that game last year I don't I see them getting up for that game at home Um, I don't think you think Alabama loses any game, but what do you think the best chance at an Alabama loss could be?
2: Uh, I would say it's probably in back-to-back weeks. The Texas A&M game, because Jimbo Fisher's doing a fantastic job recruiting, not just this Mm -hmm. year when he brought in his number one class, but each of his five years. So they have the talent to play with Alabama. They're less experienced in Alabama now, but by the time they play Alabama, it'll be the middle of the season. But I still have Alabama, a 14-point favorite. I think they're a little larger than that in Vegas. And then the very next week, they play Tennessee on the road. Tennessee's got a puncher's chance in every game. They averaged about 40 points per game last year. They've got Hendon Hooker back at QB, a dangerous set of receivers, an improved offensive line, an improved defense overall. All three of the units rank in my top units in the front of the magazine. And what we saw with Alabama-Mississippi when they played two years ago Lane the the explosive offense had a puncher's chance in every game. I think Tennessee at home catches them in a right spot. But for the record, I've got him a double-digit favorite in every game and if I was playing an over under on Bama, I would take the over. And I'll say this about the powers this year, uh, Julian and we'll probably touch on this and a few other teams we talk about. Last year, the Powers were at a deficit because almost every coach I talked to, and 90% of them said, Phil, this is the deepest we've ever been. We were able to go three deep in the spring. And the reason for that, everybody had everybody back due to COVID. They had 17, 18, 19 returning starters. Well, the Powers lost players in the NFL draft, so Alabama struggled at times. I mean, they lost them. Uh, Florida out-gained them. They struggled against LSU, should have lost to Auburn last year. Ohio State was not even in the Big Ten title game. Clemson not even in the ACC title game. Oklahoma not even in the Big 12 title game. So we saw the powers struggle last year. This year, everybody's on equal footing. So I think we see a return to the powers. And so I I would go with over in Alabama on the 11.
1: And you can get them, actually, the price on DK Sportsbook. I'm using 11 because that's just kind of the will they go undefeated or not. The number on DK Sportsbook is actually 10 and a half. Um, you got to lay some Love serious. Love 10 and a half.
2: There's no way they lose two games.
1: Right. <laughs> I, and you got to lay the juice. you got to pay for it. It's like minus 250. But and it, okay. opened, it opened up at minus 190, and I put it out on Twitter and said, you know, I'm betting it at this price because, I, like you said, I don't mind laying that juice because is there a chance they slip up once? Sure. Is there any chance they lose two games? I, no. I don't see how it possibly happens, right?
2: Yeah, and I would make that same case for both Georgia and Ohio State this year. If they're 10 and a half, love the over. Got them all favored in all their games. If they slip up once, may happen, but no way they're losing twice this year.
1: All right, well, we'll get around to those ones. Let's stick in the SEC West, um, quickly touch on some other teams. You mentioned AM, um, that big game against Alabama. Uh, you have them second in the division in in the magazine like most, but I think a lot of people have them kind of, in the fifth overall range in in the country behind those four main teams that we expect to see in the college football playoff. Um they're eighth in your power poll in the magazine and ninth in the preseason top forty, I think. Um so it sounds like maybe you're a little bit lower on A and M than than, you know, the field. Is that correct? Uh no I not
2: that there's anything the wrong with I've the top got... ten team. Right. <laughs> Right. I've got a 8th probably because of the experience level. I think when you look at the top three teams, both offensively and defensively, the top three units, uh, extremely deep. They go three deep at all spots. But, the example, they lose basically all their defensive linemen from last year. Linebacking core is a little bit uh, inexperienced. Receiving core a little experience. And now some questions pop up with Anaya Smith's uh, arrest recently. But overall, it's a very talented team. And I think once they get that experience level amped up uh, they're going to be dangerous uh, as far as a&m goes i believe the over under is what eight and a half on them
1: eight and a half that's what i was going to ask you you got to pay the juice again it's i think it's around minus 150 to the over um and they got that alabama game in there but what are your thoughts on the eight and eight and a half for a&m
2: yeah i have them favored over sam houston state app state miami of florida arkansas uh, even at Mississippi State, I have them favored. That's going to be a tough game, though. So if you're looking for you know, a game that they could possibly lose, that would be one. At South Carolina, going to be a tough game, and at Auburn, going to be a tough game. So all three of those tough games. But in all three, I've got them favored. Uh, right. So I don't see them losing all three games, which is what it would take for you to go under the total. So I like over the total for Texas a I'm clearly. I, I think they have the talent to get there. And remember last year, they lost their starting quarterback, Haynes King, week three. And that's probably the reason they lost to Arkansas, Mississippi State. They got an even ca- quarterback play from Galzada. They've got Haynes King back, but they also have Max Johnson, the starter from LSU. So I think better quarterback play along with the talent they have. I like the over.
1: All right, there we go. Um, let's talk about Arkansas. You just mentioned them. Tough schedule. They always have a, a tough schedule. I actually I mentioned this team to you last year because the win total on them was five and a half and DK Sportsbook was offering six on them. So I said, I don't mind an underplay there on the under six on Arkansas. They got to go above 500 and go seven and five to beat you there with the toughest schedule in the nation. And of course, they have an unbelievable season and go way over. The total no matter what number you got. So now they're not sneaking up on on anybody. Win total set at seven and a half this year. The win total is actually juiced pretty strongly, I think 145 or so to the under seven and a half. Um, How do you feel about Arkansas this year? Another tough schedule, but they're, they're bringing some guys back.
2: Yeah, and Sam Pittman has done a remarkable job. I I wonder what the over-under win total was in 2020 prior to the season because they were an underdog in all 10 SEC games they played. Mm. They won three of them and nearly beat three other teams. They only lost to Auburn by two, Missouri by two, and LSU by three. They could easily have been a five or six win team. I thought Pittman did a remarkable job. As you touched on last year, if I'm a Vegas lines maker, I would have put it at six for Arkansas heading into the season. The question was, will they make a bowl? Then they go out and dominate Texas, dominate Texas A&M. They had a little lull in the middle of the year. Of course, the Mississippi game, they were a missed two point conversion away from winning that one. They lost it by one. Later in the year, they only lost to Alabama by seven And won the rest of the games and got the nine wins. Uh, This year, when you look at the schedule, I've got them favored in uh, seven games. And the Mm -hmm. games I've got them an underdog A&M, which is in Arlington, Mm -hmm. Alabama, at Mississippi State, where I've got them a three-point dog. It's pretty close. At BYU, once again, a slight dog. And then at Auburn. So I've got them favored in seven games, dog in five. That's right at the total. However, Sam Pittman's the head coach of Arkansas, so you know with the amount of upsets he's pulled the last two years, you got to think he gets one. Uh, I would probably lean with you over there, but I think it's a pretty fair number.
1: Yeah, it sounds about right. This year, they're not sneaking up on anybody, and the schedule is is pretty tough. Um, before we go over to the SEC East, any other teams jump out to you in the SEC West for any specific reason? A team that you're particularly high or low on?
2: Auburn. I definitely like Auburn this year. I like Auburn over the total in the SEC West. I believe the totals, I saw two numbers, five and a half, six and a half. What number are you using the DraftKings?
1: Um, why don't you talk about why you like him, and I'm going to scroll through right now and find what we got up right now. All right, well, all the talk about
2: Brian Harson, is Brian Harson going to be fired? Oh, my goodness, all these players are jumping ship. It must be a toxic situation that they have there at Auburn. I've been doing this for 28 years. This is the 28th year of the magazine. And I'll tell you what, a lot of first-year head coaches, the players that aren't bought in, they tend to leave, and it's addition by subtraction. And I think that's what we have here at Auburn this year. They lost a lot of players, but those are the bad apples in the room last year. And keep in mind, Auburn finished 6-7, and seven, but they probably should have beaten Alabama. They let that thing start to finish. Alabama needed a late miracle drive for a score to force overtime and won at four overtimes. Had they won Alabama, the, the Alabama game, the narrative on that Auburn would be quite different this year. And when you look at the schedule, I've got them favored over Mercer, San Jose State, Penn State at home. Remember, they took Penn State to the wire in a whiteout condition last year i think they're in better shape this year in Hurston's second year home against missouri and home against lsu that's a five and oh start to the year yeah they might drop a couple games the rest of the year but they'll be playing with a lot of confidence i like them over the total what's
1: dk's uh number on that so it's funny you mentioned that because dk uh, the odds makers at dk seem to uh be on your side here we are set at six and a half but it is a okay. minus one seventy to the under. So if you're very bullish, wow, yeah, it, they can get to seven. You can get a nice plus one forty price there. So if you're high on on Auburn, and you don't want the you know push on six over the six and a half at plus one forty, you can get a better price, I guess, if you're if you're really bullish on them.
2: Yeah, and they they get Arkansas at home. They get Western Kentucky at home in the second half of the season. So I have them right now favored in seven games and a toss-up wow. game with A&M. So I, I'm definitely bullish on Auburn. I think you're going to see the Auburn team that took Alabama to the wire, the same one that opened up the season five and two last year. And uh, I, I really think the losses that they had in the transfer portal, and, and I thought Brian Harson pointed out something interesting as well. That was just a bunch of people trying to stir stuff up against Harson because they actually didn't lose as many uh, players as like a team like LSU did to the transfer portal. But yeah. in Auburn's case, I believe it was addition by subtraction. I'm very bullish on Auburn this year.
1: All right. There we go. Um, over to the SEC East, the Georgia Bulldogs, the defending champs um, <clears throat> like Alabama, a 10 and a half win total. Very juiced. Well over minus 200 to to the over. Um, but with good reason, we have a market up to make miss the college football playoff. Georgia's essentially a pick them. I think they're like minus 110, 115 each way to make that college football playoff if you prefer to bet them that way. Defense was the calling card last year. They lost eight starting defenders. Um, I know you, you already mentioned you got them favored in, in every game, and, uh, you know, they absolutely should be. But do you think this team what, – what are the chances this team slips up and where are some of those potential slip-up spots?
2: Yeah, with Georgia, you know, last year they had a remarkable defense. In this era of high-scoring offenses in college football, to allow 10 points per game for the entire season – And playing teams like Alabama twice, and that was included in the 10 points per game, phenomenal. This year's defense is not going to be as good, but here's the thing. They have three starters back on defense. So the three guys they have back are, I mean, Jalen Carter is not a return starter, but he's might be the best defense lineman out there. They've got Nolan Smith, Keeley Ringo, Christopher Smith all back. They play a lot of players. They they play a three units on defense during the game. So they're more experienced than you would think. They've got great depth as well. Offensively, they're strong. And I like the over 10.5 better than them to make the playoff. Because keep in mind, they could win their division, go 12-0, and 0, lose to Alabama. And if there's an undefeated Utah out there, an undefeated Utah, probably gets in over Georgia for the playoffs. So I like over ten and a half and a better. Uh, the only chances I see for potential slip-ups, I mean, you look at their road schedule, uh, one would be Mississippi State, but I still have a double-digit favorite in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, going back to Tennessee, puncher's chance with their offense. Yep. And then, of course, Florida, that game in Jacksonville with uh, both teams off a of bye. Those would be the three areas, and by, ironically, all three games are back-to-back-to-back. So if they're going to lose a game, it's going to come in that three-game stretch. But uh, there's no way this team loses two games.
1: All right, you've already mentioned Tennessee a couple of times. They're getting a lot of hype this season, and uh, well deserved. Win totals sitting at seven and a half on DraftKings Sportsbook. You got to lay minus one hundred and sixty to the over, but I would do that. Um, and that's saying a lot, I think, for a team that has both Alabama and Georgia on the schedule. Um, you've already mentioned, you know, they got a puncher's chance in one of those games if they were to win, and you bet the team uh, the win total over fantastic but even if you kind of take this team and start them at at you know two losses in those games there's plenty of other spots that they can get to you know eight nine ten wins um tell me about tennessee's path this season
2: yeah improved defense Explosive offense. I mean, they averaged uh, 39.3 points per game last year. My computer's calling for them to average 45 points per game this year and uh, still be strong on the defensive side. I've got them a clear dog against Bama and Georgia. Right. And then uh, also, I I'm different than Vegas. Vegas has Pitt as a as the underdog in that early season game. I'm high on Pitt. I've got my number one surprise team in the country, and I've got Pitt favored in that game, especially at home. But that would be three losses. I do have two toss up games on the schedule at lsu and at south carolina but tennessee's favored in both those games in vegas Uh, so uh, they would have to be worst case scenario you drop the lsu game on the road which i think they can win drop the south carolina game on the road lose the pit on the road lose those that's the only way they don't get there and i would think that all five of those things won't happen and tennessee has the offense to pull an upset or two so i'm pretty comfortable with over seven and a half on tennessee
1: Yeah, for sure. If you're betting them, you know, you got to count those Georgia and Alabama ones as losses, obviously. But like you said, you got to lose all three kind of coin flip style games there to to get to the under. Um, You've mentioned Pitt already plenty of times, your number one surprise team. We're going to get to the ACC shortly. Our severely jet lagged producer, Samir, who returned from the MLB All-Star weekend in L.A., (laughs) has perked up. He's slacking me on the side. He's ready chomping at the bits to talk about Pitt. we're gonna talk about Pitt, um but first florida not a team that i'm i'm necessarily high on you you already made mention to to utah and that's another team that i'm very excited to talk to you about i like utah in week one i, I bet utah against the gators in week one when they were slight one and a half point dogs now they're small favorites but this is your number two most improved team talking about the gators that is um what what do you see in Florida? Why are you high on them, and what do you that what do you think that means for their outlook this season?
2: Yeah, first of all, Billy Napier's a breath of fresh air, I think. Over what Dan Mullen had there, that Dan Mullen got a little toxic at the end of the year, and everybody was you know, is he going to be around? Is he not going to be around? And and we saw their season just went spiraling downhill after a pretty good start. And not only last year did they start out uh, four and two, but the loss to Alabama—that's a game. Which uh, they had a, a 439 to 331 yard edge. The so loss to Kentucky, I mean, they had a 21 to 13 first down edge in that game. I think it was an interception return for a touchdown, which yeah. really changed the tide. They could have opened up the season six and zero. A tough loss to LSU, and then boom, the season went downhill. After remember the, fr- the end of the first half with Georgia, they're even with like two minutes going to go and a half, and Georgia gets I think three scores in the final two minutes of the half due to some interception. So they were a much better team than 6-7 and seven last year. Napier, breath of fresh air. He's got the quarterback that's a perfect fit for his offense. Anthony Richardson could probably throw the football 80 yards. He's a dangerous runner, perfect fit. He's got good running backs, solid offensive line. I believe they're going to be much improved in that side of the ball. And then defensively, seven starters back and plenty of talent. So this is a dangerous Florida team. I have an underdog against Utah. I got him an underdog at Tennessee I got an underdog against Georgia and at Texas A&M. But uh, one toss-up game on the schedule, Florida State at the end of the year would probably be the key one if you're betting over-unders on them. But I like Florida over. I do have my number two most improved team. And I think we're going to see a much different Florida team on the field this year.
1: All right. Gators win total sitting at seven flat on DK Sportsbooks. So a tough one. You, you push there on the seven. You got to go You got to go eight and four to, to cash your ticket if you're betting over on them. Um, all right, last team I want to bring up here in the SEC East, an interesting one, um, and a team that didn't really have my eye until lately. South Carolina, um, they're easy to overlook, but fourteen starters back, and Spencer Rattler is going to get a second chance. He's been favored at a point in time to be the number one overall pick in last year's NFL draft on DK Sportsbook. He was favored for a long period of time heading into the season to be the Heisman Trophy winner on DK Sportsbook. Getting into last season, now we've all written him off but he's going to be playing in the SEC with a chance to kind of redeem himself and a pretty good squad around him. Uh, Tell me about South Carolina this year.
2: Yeah. And this is one where I think if you don't look at the schedule, it's a no brainer. I believe the over under is what five and a half or six.
1: So yeah, we got him at six flat on DK Sportsbook. So if you're going to lose, if you're betting the over in order to lose, they have to have a losing season, which seems tough.
2: That's correct. And, uh, you know, like I said, this is one where, it, I mean, last year, South Carolina pulled some upsets, got the 7-6, and six, did better than anybody expected, and that was with very questionable quarterback play. I mean, they had a true freshman, Luke Doty, who was getting his first starting jobs, and, and he did up and down. They had a couple of guys that were serviceable, and Jason Brown and Zeb Nolan, but neither one really an SEC caliber starting quarterback. So, uh, average quarterback play they go seven and six now they've got a superior quarterback play with Spencer Radler and Luke Doty was a uh, VHT a PS number eight quarterback and now he has experience you look at the running back core very deep with Christian Beale Smith Marshawn Lloyd Juju McDowell you look at the receivers I love Ant- Antoine Wells coming over from James Madison they've got an Oklahoma transfer in Austin Stockner the offensive line underachieved last year But they've got practically everybody back. It's one of the most experienced offensive lines in the country. A vastly improved offense. My computer's got them going from 22 points per game to 31 points per game. That's a pretty big jump. Defensively, plenty of talent back. So as mentioned, just based on seven and six and a vastly improved team, you have to go over. But the schedule is tough. They do have to play Arkansas on the road. There'll be a dog there. At Georgia at home dog there. At Kentucky, to will be a dog, although I consider that winnable. Texas A&M at home, they'll be a dog. At Florida, a dog. And at Clemson, a dog. So they will probably be a dog in six games. The Tennessee game, a toss-up, that would be the one. But once again, you go back to the fact that South Carolina would basically have to lose all seven of those games not to go over, because they're beating Georgia State, Charlotte, South Carolina State, they're beating Missouri at home, and they're beating Vanderbilt on the road. So you've got five definite wins there. Uh, one upset or Toss up game that they win, you have to lean with the over, but it's not as easy as it looks based on seven and six last year and being a much approved team.
1: Right. um Okay. Anything else in the SEC uh, that jumps out to you before we move on?
2: Uh, nope. That would probably be it for the SEC.
1: All right. Let's leave it at that. ACC. We are going to start in the Atlantic, I guess, on the Clemson side of things. The nine and three regular season, disappointment um obviously for a team that was they were they were like over plus 400 on DraftKings Sportsbook to miss the college football playoff last season um and they easily missed it um do you think they bounce back and and get in this year um you know just six starters I think on uh what is it defense six starters coming back I think it is and you know the coordinator's gone on defense is the quarterback good enough um what what Clemson team do we see is it closer to last year or is it closer to the team in years previous that we got accustomed to just seeing dominate and make the college football playoff?
2: Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the big boys struggled last year because every team was the most experienced they'd ever been except for the big boys and Clemson did lose a lot last year. They only had five starters back on offense. I think we see the old Clemson this year. You start with quarterback play, uh, talking offense offensive coordinator Brandon Streeter, he mentioned to me that D.J. Uyunglele has uh, lost 20 to 25 pounds this year, much better shape. And the focus in the spring was to not holding the ball as long. That took a lot of sacks last year. So he's a vastly improved quarterback that should look like he did in 2020 rather than the 21 version. And if he doesn't, they've got Kate Klubnick there. He's my number one quarterback out of high school. Was in for the spring and was very impressive. So I think vastly improved quarterback play, vastly improved offensive line, much more. Than last year uh they've got a deep running back core with shipley pace and mafa and the receiving core looks pretty solid as well now defensively they've got the best defensive line in the country and if you have a great defensive line you're going to get pressure on the quarterback you're not going to give up rush yards and you're going to help your secondary you're going to help your linebacking core and it's not like those units need a lot of work they have my number nine set of linebackers number nine dbs in the country Overall, I've got Clemson as the second-best defense in the country, even with the loss of a couple of starters and Brett Venable. So overall, to me, Clemson's an overplay. Uh, The question mark game I have for them is at Notre Dame. I rate that one a toss-up. They do have some tough games on the schedule, though. It's not as easy as the Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, where they're double-digit favorites in every game. They play Wake Forest on the road. I only have them by the seven-point favorite. Florida State, a seven-point favorite on the road. Uh, And then later in the year, Miami of Florida at home, an eight-point favorite. But overall, I I think Clemson uh, gets back to winning the ACC this year.
1: All right, and they are favored to do so. I think they're in the minus one thirty range to to win the uh, the ACC. Um, Let's talk about a team that beat Clemson last year, NC State. Um, You know, Clemson's going to have a chance for revenge there, hosting the Wolfpack. Spread is ten on that on that game. I don't think NC State's ultimately going to win it, but you can interest me in taking. Double digits with them there. Um, I played the over six and a half on on NC State last year, and uh you know backed them in several games, and they were just a, a great team to be behind. You like them a lot this year as your number three surprise team. I've already locked in over eight and a half wins for them. Um, you know, seventeen returning starters plus elite quarterback play. Um, you know, I, tell me why you like this Wolfpack team this year, because there's a lot to like.
2: Yeah, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I'm my number two set of linebackers in the country. I, mean, I remember last year, Peyton Wilson went down to injury, and then Isaiah Moore stepped in, started those final seven games. And look just as good as Peyton Wilson. Well, they have Wilson and Moore both back, plus Drake Thomas, plus Tyler Baker-Williams. They're loaded at the linebacker core. And the secondary, I rate third best in the country. They were number four in my pasty rankings last year. Everybody's back. The defensive line is solid. As you've touched on, Devin Leary, one of the top quarterbacks in the country. So uh, they are very dangerous. Now, last year... They had 19 returning starters, got an inexperienced Clemson at home, and did need two overtimes to beat them. Clemson's playing with revenge this year. I I would put the line at 10 in the Clemson game as well, so I agree with the number in that game. Uh, But I do think NC State gives them a game. The other game I've got them a dog is at Louisville, a slight underdog. Uh, Louisville's very dangerous. The question mark I have with Louisville this year is if their quarterback can stay healthy the whole year. Because if Malik Cunningham stays healthy all year, I think Louisville has a great season, and that could be a very dangerous game. But other than that, I've got a toss-up game against North Carolina on the road, and uh, I I would clearly lean with over 8.5. It's an underrated NC State team if the total is only 8.5
1: all right so and you got to pay the 150 juice i will say on the eight and a half but i i don't this team feels like they're winning nine ten nine games at least probably ten in in my mind um but the atlantic division is good so i'm just going to open it up to you to kind of talk about the rest of the field here because i looked down the list and you got you know wake forest louisville florida state bc syracuse all those teams might be on the up this year compared to where they were last year. How do you see the rest of this division shaking out? or is there anybody particular in there that you're you're higher on um than most?
2: Yeah. Yeah, the one that stands out to me is Louisville at six and a half. Okay. Um I believe is that your is that your DK number on that one?
1: Um let me scroll through and find them and I'll I'll let you know or at on DK. All right I'll
2: talk about him. Yeah as mentioned they've got an explosive quarterback in Bleak Cunningham. I mean this guy's dangerous very dangerous running the ball but, I mean, you think, okay, well, he's a running quarterback, right? How about 62% completions, 19-6 ratio? And the focus this year for Coach Satterfield is keeping him healthy. So, he's not going to run as much as last year, but when he needs to run, he's going to run, and he's almost unstoppable in that situation. They added in uh, Tyon Evans, who was leading Tennessee in rushing until he got injured last year. Jalen Mitchell's also back at running back. Javar Jordan, the receiving core is dangerous. D. Wiggins comes in from Miami. Tyler Hudson from Arkansas. The offensive line is solid. The defense is improved. Uh, frankly, I'm a little surprised the number is only 6.5 because uh, the only games I've got them a true underdog in are at Clemson and a slight underdog at Kentucky. Uh, the toss-up game would be at UCF. Another toss-up game would be Pitt at home uh, with those two being toss-up games. But even if they drop all four of those, they still get to eight. Uh, I'm scratching my head where the other uh, losses would come in. How do they lose six games this year?
1: Yeah, you're making you're making good points there on Louisville. And there are so many college football teams I'm still scrolling. Yep, you can okay. So Louisville plus 105. You're getting plus money on over six and a half on Louisville. Wow. All right.
2: That would offset some of those uh, heavier prices you're paying.
1: <laughs> yeah, we we need some plus money if we're laying 250s on on Bamo over ten and a half. <laughs> we'll be fine because they're not gonna lose twice. Um That's right. Let me. Uh, Let me hear your thoughts real quick on on BC, because it's a team that we talked about last year and I backed them on the the over six and a half. They land on six and six.
2: Didn't know that your was going to get injured, huh?
1: (laughs) I didn't I didn't bank on that one. It felt like just a season of, of bad beats. The quarterback gets hurt and misses some key games. If he plays in those, they almost certainly get one more. There was a heartbreaking loss, I think, maybe to FSU. I want to say that Dracovic threw a pick towards the end that still would have gotten him over. Like they just had so many chances to get there and wound up missing by by the hook. Um, do you think this is a team that ultimately can get above 500 this year?
2: Yeah. And, and you go back to that Florida State game. Uh, you know, when I talked to Coach Hafley, he said that the, those final three games that Dracovic was there for, Uh, He could barely grip the football. He had like 50% of his grip. He was not anywhere near 100%, and it showed. In that game, he had 10 of 24 for 148 yards, took four sacks. He just showed grit and determination even playing in that game. Can you imagine what they would have done with a healthy quarterback and he is healthy right. this year now your biggest question with boston college is going to be on the offensive line they lose all five starters they had one of their stars back in christian mahogany but he got injured so now you've got five new starters on the offensive line they're strong on the interior but what will the loss of mahogany do uh they do have dracovic back they've got pat Garwo back at running back who's a lot of fun to watch dangerous receiving court jalen gill who's the uh, ohio state transfer they got zay flowers jaden williams Uh, They can light it up at the receiver room, and defensively, they can only be improved. I was a little disappointed with the defensive front seven last year, but they look to be stronger. When you look at the schedule this year, probably be an underdog at Notre Dame, at NC State, at Wake Forest, home to Clemson. The Louisville game, they might be an underdog. At Florida State and at Virginia Tech. Keep in mind that's a young offensive line going on the road, and and what I found is generally young offensive lines struggle that first month on the road because it's their first time experiencing the crowd noise, and that, that really helps the uh, the visiting team. So that would be my biggest concern with BC would be the offensive line because just having Jerkovic back, I mean, he is a, a winner and. Uh, we saw wh- what a difference that was with him healthy in those first four games last year. Or first three 4-0. games, they were averaging like 40 points per game. And yeah, and four and and then without him, they really struggled.
1: All right, let's move on to the ACC Coastal, the moment producer Samir has been waiting for. We're going to start <laughs> with Pittsburgh. This is uh, a team that I backed off in last season and obviously was very, very pleased with it. But, uh, you know, even with the QB wide receiver duo gone, they've just kind of reloaded, it feels like. Talent all over the field, full off. We just talked about a team that lost a full offensive line. I think this team has its full offensive line back and a great defense. Um, Your number one surprise team, as you you made mention to, how many games do you believe this team ultimately can win?
2: Well, if they're my number one surprise team, I think they have a shot of running the table and making the playoffs. So right. it's uh, it's one of those things where you know, with Pitt, I go back to my my big thing with defense is a defensive line. If you have a dominant defensive line you are going to have an excellent defense because they take a lot of pressure off that back seven. And with Pitt, every year, Pat Narduzzi loses two, three players to the NFL, two, three defensive linemen to the NFL, and somehow replaces them. This year, he's got practically everybody back on the D-line. I mean, uh, Beldonado's back, Cansey's back, Alexandre's back, Bentley's back. They put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Last year, that defensive line attributed 54 sacks. And this year, the entire defensive line's back. So one of the top defenses in the country. Uh, they do lose their quarterback, Kenny Pickett, but they bring in Keaton Slovis, who comes over from USC. He didn't look great in the spring game, but uh, I don't think they really were letting him do anything in that spring game. He is going to look good this season. He was a Heisman contender coming in. Uh, they do lose their Blitkoff guy and Jordan Addison, but I like Tanyada Mumford coming in from or Mump Field, I should say, coming in from Akron. Uh, I thought last year he was a freshman All-American, did a great job there without a great supporting cast. He's going to star along with Jared Wayne this year, and they'll develop new uh, stars of receiver. And you touched on it, that offensive line. They've got nine VHTs in the unit, and they have 145 career starts. This is a vastly improved O-line over what they had last year. And let's face it, Kenny Pickett held the ball at times, so they took, took some sacks last year. Uh, you know, they had a total of 34 sacks. I think that that stack goes up. And when I look at the schedule this year, as mentioned, I've got them favored over Tennessee. I know Vegas has Tennessee favored in that, but I've got them as a favorite. The at-Louisville game would be a toss-up game, but and the at-Miami game would be a, a, one of those games where I've got them a slight underdog. But last year on the ACC road, they were 4-0 and won their games by 23 points per game. That tells me that Coach Narduzzi can get them to win these close games on the road Add it all up. I definitely like the over. I'm going to always take my number one surprise team. And I'd be remiss if I don't mention that last year I had my worst number one surprise team ever with Washington. I mean, if you look in the front of the magazine, you'll see my surprise team grades are generally A or B. And that was an F last year. Uh, that was a very disappointing year for Washington. I don't think this year's pit team is going to disappoint anybody.
1: I was going to get around to that at the, at the end, but you're a noble man, Phil, you bring it up, you bring it up yourself, and like you said, you grade yourself in the magazine, so it wasn't a good year last year, but you flip through all of them, you see all the A's and B's in there, and uh, we're looking at a bounce back year, and we're, we're looking at Pitt, I'm, I'm with you there, the eight and a half win total over, this is a team that I, I think can can probably win double digit games.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think they've got the potential to run the table, especially with the two games being at Louisville and at Miami uh, yeah. and showing they can win on the road. And then you have questions. The question mark on Louisville to me is can Cunningham stay healthy? A question mark with Miami is every year we think Miami's back They're They just somehow don't get back. You know what I mean? So uh, those would be two games that they can clearly win.
1: Yeah, let's let's go right to Miami, because that's kind of the the team that I think a lot of people, favor in this division and i i favor i favor pittsburgh there i don't really i i guess i don't really have much of an opinion on miami it's just i'm gonna be backing pit in the in the division for the win total um so i'll probably just stay clear of them Uh, is any of your love for pit being down on miami at all this season um or are they going to be solid and be right there in the running
2: no, I, I think Miami is in the running, and I agree with you. You can't take two teams from the same division to uh, do right. it because, you know, who do you root for when they play at the end of the year? <laughs> yeah. uh, here's the thing with Miami uh, this season. Uh, I've talked to Coach Cristobal every year. He was at um, Oregon, and he did a tremendous job building that team. And the one thing I liked about it was he took over a finesse team, turned tournament into a team that's very physical at the line of scrimmage, both the offensive and defensive lines. And you saw that with Oregon winning the Pac 12, uh, I believe two out of his three last years. But uh, now you go to look at this Miami team. And when I talked to Coach Cristobal, he likes what he has on the offensive line. Very pleased, very pleasantly surprised. And this is an O line, D line type of coach. He likes to be physical at the line of scrimmage. Defensively, he was very pleased, very pleased with what he inherited and what he brought in. He brought in five transfers on the defensive line. So, Cristobal excels when he's got a strong offensive line, defensive line. He's got that here. He also has his quarterback in Tyler Van Dyke, who's one of the best in the country. He's got an excellent secondary, which I rate number 13. All eight units rank in my top units. Uh, I've got Miami clearly an underdog at A&M. And at Clemson, but other than that, they'll probably be favored in in the other ten games. The Pitt game I've got is very close, and you know if they win that, then they they may get you your over. But if you're picking Pitt, I agree with you in that philosophy. You don't necessarily go with Miami, and if it's Miami, I know Cristobal is a brand new head coach, but every year Miami loses that game. You're not expected to lose.
1: All right, here's one where maybe I'll be giving you a little bit of pushback in the ACC Coastal, North Carolina. Um, you know, it, this is a team that I think you um, feel can bounce back this season. They have a good defense, um, but they have a tough schedule. And I'm looking at this team, and I think DK Sports, DK Sport, there's some, some other numbers out on UNC. DK Sportsbook has them at 7.5. I've played UNC under 7.5 wins. I don't see them getting to 8 and 4 or better. And just going through the schedule, you see Notre Dame, you see at Miami, you got Pittsburgh who we just talked about, you got NC State who we just talked about. I think those could be four losses and and you've got it right there, but there's potential in other places like, you know, uh, they've got the uh they play Florida A&M to start their season but they play at Appalachian state the next week and app state. That's their, their first game. They're going to be they are at home. They're going to be up for that game. They're going to be prepared for that game, only a three point spread. So there's a losable, a losable game in there. I, I haven't gotten there yet, but I wouldn't mind backing app state with, with some points there. Um, tell me how you feel about UNC this year, because the, last year was obviously, you know, devastating for them and they can show some improvement, but I, getting to eight and four, I don't quite see that.
2: I would agree with you 100% on that. In fact, uh, every year after I send the magazine to the press, I uh, go through the game-by-game schedule and come up with who I have a favorite and who I have a dog. I've got a favorite over Florida A&M. I actually rate the App State game as a toss-up because App State's loaded this year. They're my pick to win their division. You've got a young quarterback making his first road start that's a tough situation to be in. The Georgia State game, I only have them favored by three points on the road. Georgia State's another team that could play with the Big Boys. Heck, Georgia State should have beaten Auburn last year, as you recall. Mm-hmm. So I think the start of the season, an uh, opening of two and one, would be good for North Carolina, and three and zero oh would be great. So I, I think they'd probably pick up a loss between the App State and the Georgia State game. Notre Dame, they're clearly going to be an underdog at home. At Miami, they're definitely going to be an underdog. Home against Pitt, an underdog. And at Wake Forest, granted, Wake Forest is, you know, one of those teams where they, they could end up favored. It's Pick'em in Vegas right now, but I've got them a dog there. So right there, you're looking at five. Uh, the NC State game would be Pick'em at the end of the year. And so uh, the only games I have my clear favorite in are Georgia Tech at home. Duke on the road, Virginia Tech at home, at Georgia State, I got them a three-point favorite. Then I got a couple of toss-ups, three toss-ups. Oh, and Florida A&M would be four. So yep. you're with the four to- or three toss-ups tucked in there, you're looking at five and a half, six. I mean, I, th- I think they get to a bowl, but getting to eight wins would be tough against that schedule. I've yeah, got a third got- in the Coastal, but keep in mind, the rest of the teams in the Coastal, there's not a lot of teams out there that are going to be having winning records this year.
1: Right. They they got to win a lot of those toss up games and then even still come away with one of those games that they will be a pretty decent sized, uh, decent sized dog. Um, right. All right. Let's go to the uh, well, before we move on, you just mentioned some losing records in, in the coastal. Any any other team that you're particularly high or low on in the rest of the, the division that that you want to talk about?
2: Yeah, and, you know, I've been picking a lot of overs here, so let's try to find an under, huh? And I'll, well, I'll go and with UN Virginia, I believe under, you. But we're
1: always looking for more.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I would go with Virginia. I uh, think Virginia's okay. at 7.5. Uh, I believe the way most people look at teams, Julian, and the reason that the number's priced at 7.5, is they look at the quarterback, uh, running back, and receivers. And if you do that with Virginia – you feel pretty good. You got Brennan Armstrong coming back. That's a good place to start. And you've got a dangerous receiving core. I mean, Billy Kemp, Dontavian Wicks, Keaton Thompson. They are loaded at the receiver position. In fact, I rate them the number three receiving core in the country. So how can this team not get seven and a half? Well, we look at other things, and uh, one of the things I look at is defense. And last year's defense gave up. 466 yards per game. Now, granted, they've got six starters back, but it's not an overwhelming defense. It's an average defense at best. Then the other factor, and we touched on this earlier, offensive line. And Virginia loses all five starters off that offensive line. So a brand new offensive line. And then you go back to last year. They finished 6-6, six and six, but go to that Miami-Florida of Florida game. Miami-Florida on the last play of the game, down by two, lines up for the game-winning field goal. They miss it. The very next game against Louisville, Louisville down by one, lines up for the game-winning field goal on the very last play. They miss it. Had their kickers made their field goals? Virginia a four and eight team last year, and now they're they're over seven and a half. I think Illinois is going to be a tough out in the opener. Syracuse, as you had touched on, is a team that's on the rise. Uh, Louisville at Georgia Tech, Miami. I do not see this team getting day wins this year. In fact. I think it's going to be tough for him just to get to a bowl game.
1: All right. I like that take. I'm glad I asked about any more teams. Um, Okay. Pac-12, a team that I'm very excited to talk about in the South, Utah. um, They're a team, I bet in 2019, I think they were the number one surprise team. I bet their season win total over that year. I bet them over last year and after, even after that one and two start, Um, they, they got there, was betting them down the stretch last year, bet them in that wild Rose bowl game against Ohio state that they hung around in and probably should have won. Um, I've already bet them plenty of ways. I like them in the division. I like them in the, the conference. Um, I bet them over eight and a half wins. We got them up to nine now, nine flat on DK Sportsbook. Um, if they didn't have that one and two start last year, if they, if they just went with cam rising out of the gate, that could have maybe been one of the last teams to sneak into the college football playoff in my opinion um yeah you hit. go ahead go ahead just tell me about utah because i know you're high on them and i think this team has a chance to be really really good i think they're plus 500 to make the college football playoff
2: yeah and you hit it right on the head with cam rising i mean once he took over as starting quarterback they were different and even the rose bowl loss that they had keep in mind. Their secondary in the Rose Bowl loss, they had a running back that was playing defensive back. They had a walk-on that was playing defensive back because they were wiped out. And that that's mm-hmm. part of the reason that Ohio State had so much success throwing the football. This year, they have my number 12 secondary in the country. They're always strong at the line of scrimmage under Whittingham, and they are this year. They've got my number 6-rated offensive line, number 17-rated D-line. All eight units ranking my top units. Running backs are deep. Rising's back at QB. I have them favored in every game, with the exception of Oregon, which have a toss up because it's on the road, Notson Stadium is pretty tough. But do keep in mind last year, they beat Oregon thirty eight to seven and thirty eight to ten. I would have them as my number one surprise team, but I expect them to be a top ten team at the start of the year. But I think if you asked the casual college football fan and said Utah making a playoff, that's probably why they're you said plus how much on that?
1: Plus five hundred
2: plus 500, uh, yep. the, the average time would be like, no way. But you have an undefeated Pac-12 team, and this is what I talked about with Georgia earlier. If Georgia slips up to Alabama and you have an undefeated Utah at the end of the year, which is very conceivable to me, uh, then Utah is going to make the playoffs. So I do like them plus 500 to make the playoff, and I do definitely like them over – you said it's up to nine now at DraftKings?
1: Yeah, nine flat at DraftKings, but I'm this is a double-digit team yeah. in my opinion.
2: Absolutely. Double digit win team, win the Pac 12. USC is going to be their main contender, but they get Mm -hmm. USC at home, which I think is huge.
1: Um, All right. We're running out of time, so we'll kind of just go rapid fire through some other things here. Do you want to just talk? You mentioned USC, you got UCLA in there. Any other thoughts on the Pac 12 South in terms of, of how that shakes down besides Utah at the top?
2: Yeah, I think USC and UCLA are both pretty close to them. Uh, if I was playing either of those, I'd probably go with the, over the total. Uh, Arizona State's going to be a struggle for them to get to six and a half. I don't know exactly what's going on there. They only have seven starters back. Uh, a lot of question marks I have with Arizona State. Uh, Arizona, though, would be a good overplay because I believe it's two and a half. Is it still mm-hmm. two and a half, uh, yep. Julian? Yep. Yeah, at, at two and a half, look at, watch the receivers this year. They bring in Jacob Cowing from UTEP, who I love. They bring in uh, McMillan, who is my number five-rated uh, wide receiver out of high school. Those guys are instant impact. They bring in Delora, the quarterback, coming over from Washington State, an improved offensive line. Jed can have vastly improved second year. And if the number's two and a half, I mean, yes, North Dakota State's not an easy out, but they get them at home. Arizona State at home. Washington State at home. Colorado at home. I see that team definitely going over.
1: Um, all right. Pac-12 North side of things, uh, not as much talent. So it feels like this side is just Oregon's to to lose. Um, I assume you like Oregon there, and, uh, you know, they're sitting at eight and a half wins. Do you think they can get over that?
2: Yeah, and Cristobal did a great job recruiting. There is a ton of talent on this team, and I think Bo Nix, uh, Bo Nix knocked on him at Auburn. Was he can't win on the road. He, I think he answered that. Winning in Death Valley, he won a couple of road games at the end of last year, mm-hmm. and then with uh, with Nick's, all his tough games are at home this year. You look at the road schedule: Washington State, Cal, Colorado, Oregon State. Georgia is the only game I've got him a clear underdog in this year. The Utah game will be tough, but I like over eight and a half. And then I do think Washington bounces back. They can't be as bad as last year, and plus their coach, Kalen DeBoer. Tremendous job at Indiana with Michael Penix. Hmm. Michael Penix is his quarterback here. Did a tremendous job at Fresno State as well. And they they have the, uh, close to the amount of talent they had heading into last year. we uh, so high on them. Generally, if I miss on a team like that, they usually bounce back the next year.
1: I was going to say, a lot of these times when you, you like a team a lot, and I just mean anybody in general, um, and you miss out on an over or something, sometimes you're just a year early and then they get there the next year. Um, which is always a little frustrating, but hey, it also shows that you were kind of right in the first place. Um, we got just a few minutes left here, and we haven't even talked about Ohio State, who I think you have undefeated going into the national title game to face Alabama. Um, do you want to tell me a little bit of, about them? And they they weren't even in their conference championship game last year, which is, is amazing. But um, tell me why you think they're going to bounce back strong this year.
2: Three Heisman candidates, C.J. Stroud, a quarterback, Travion Henderson, a running back, Jackson smith Najibba at the uh, receiver spot, veteran offensive line. Jim Knowles comes in as a defensive coordinator and inherits a lot of talent, improved defense, improved special teams, most explosive offense in the country, double-digit favorite in every game. The only game they might not be is at Penn State, but right now in Vegas they're a 13-point favorite, even in whiteout conditions. Uh, This team definitely goes over the total. And and as mentioned earlier, I think last year the Powers struggled. This year the Powers are going to reemerge, and Ohio State's no longer at the deficit. Last year, Michigan had 17 returning starters and got that game at home. This year, Ohio State's got 14 returning starters, even more than Michigan, and they get that revenge game at home. That's why Ohio State's a 14-point favorite in that game.
1: All right, let's just open things up cuz we're not going to get to uh we're not going to get to the Big 12, we're not going to get to the rest of the the Big 10. Um and it, you can feel free to go into, you know, independents or smaller conferences. What's a team that we haven't talked about so far that you're really high on this year and what's a team that we haven't talked about so far that you are low on this year? Uh, I would have to I'm uh, trying
2: to flip through here and see what some over-unders are. I would probably go with App State over the six-and-a-half. I think they do win a very tough uh, Eastern division in the uh, Sunbelt Conference. And okay. uh, I think that's going to be one of the tougher toughest divisions uh, out there. So I, if you ask me about a specific team, I'll tell you, but I hadn't really done any look as to who I like. You know, Once we touch on a team in the over-under, then I get an idea.
1: Gotcha. Um let me talk. Well, let me go this way then for you for the last one before we get you out of here. Some independents both uh set at eight and a half on their win totals. You got Notre Dame and uh you got BYU. BYU lost Zach Wilson, went 10 and three last year. There's still some hype with the eight and a half win total, but this tough early stretch Baylor at Oregon, Notre Dame, Arkansas, all of those are in their first seven games. Um, just do the math, you lose those and you've they've already gone under seven weeks in, and Notre Dame. Price to the over. Uh, how do you feel about Notre Dame and BYU before we get you out of here?
2: Yeah, BYU I'd stay away from just because they have okay. 19 returning starters. This is a, an incredibly loaded really, team. I remember wow. last year. Last year they basically won the Pac-12. I think they went five and zero against the Pac-12 and beat Utah. So you could, they beat the team that won the conference, and they went 5-0 and in the league. And so I wouldn't count them out in any game. This is Satake's best team he's put on the field. But as you touched on, Baylor's a toss-up game, probably a slight dog at Oregon. Toss-up game at Boise. Toss-up game at Stanford. Uh, Notre Dame, they're an underdog in. So you, it's tough to go over 8.5. I wouldn't put it past them. Notre Dame, I do like over. I think Marcus Freeman steps in, breath of fresh air there. Team is really fired up behind him. The only three games I question are at Ohio State, home against Clemson, which I have a toss-up, and at USC, which I have a toss-up. I don't see any way they don't get double-digit wins this year or, worst-case scenario, nine wins, which would put you over the eight-and-a-half.
1: That puts you over. Um, All right, there it is, a wealth of college football knowledge, so much so that we couldn't even rip through everything, but it is a lot to cover. I'm holding up the magazine again. If you're watching on YouTube, Phil Steele's College Football Preview 2022. You can't bet college football without this magazine go get your hands on it um phil it was a pleasure thanks so much for joining the unreasonable odds podcast over here at draftkings
2: that was a quick hour julian really enjoyed it I it's had a fun hour. Talking football a with you football. <laughs> yeah and and you know your stuff julian which i like so i appreciate you having me on and uh it was a lot of fun
1: all right awesome thanks a lot phil. looking forward to all the content this season all right thank you julian good talking to you again great talking all right thank you guys for listening in and we will be back with plenty more college football previews nfl previews um it's that time of year over the summer getting you guys ready for football season
0: without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day